The following shear has been presented by Dayan Yehoinesen David Hul, Dayan for the Bey Savad in Yerushalayim, and is brought to you by the Bey Savad Halacha Center. To download this series of shiurim, as well as hundreds of other recorded shiurim, articles, and video presentations, please visit thehalachacenter.org. Gemara Babakama, Daf Kufiyud Gimel. When Daf Kufiyud Gimel on the base, the Gemara, the Gemara is, Rava says, Gezel Akum also, Afkos Havosei Muta. That means to say that to steal from an Akum is also Al Pi Alocha. The Machlekes we show you is also in Hatayr or Midrabanon, but it's it's definitely also. Whereas Afkos Havosei is Muta. And before we continue any further, Ahakdoma, it's clear from the Gemara, there's a footnote to the bottom of the Gemara, and Kufi Gimel Aldalef, which says that the Sukkis here, which refer to Akum, is referring to a Goy in the times of the Gemara, where the Goyim of those times were idol worshippers, and they had no regard for other people's property, they would willfully damage other people's property or steal other people's property, and therefore, uh, the halacha was that one could deal with them uh, appropriately. Uh, however, the goyim of nowadays, the halachas would be different. So when we refer here to akum, we're talking about akum in the times of the Gemara. Rather says you're not allowed not allowed to steal from akum. However, hafkas also muta. What does hafkas also mean? It means that if you don't actually steal money from the goyim, but if the goyim willingly gives you the money, for example, as a loan. He lends you a hundred dollars. Then, since the money came into your possession, Bereshus, with his permission, you're allowed, you're allowed not to pay back the money. Of course, that also means that the choiv, the, the halva, which you owe to the goy, can be mufka, can be uprooted, and you don't have to actually pay the goy. So you can't steal money from a goy, but if a goy gives you money, lends it to you, then you don't have to give it back. Of course, if the goy demands it back, then, says the Gemara, as Chidol Hashem, you have to give it back. But, if there's no Chidol Hashem involved, the Goy doesn't know about it, he's forgotten about it, then you don't have to give back the Choyf. This Halach is brought down in the Shulchan Aruch. There is a run in the fourth parak of Nadorim, which says something very interesting. There is Halach, as we know, Dinah de Malchusa Dinah. This Halach appears several times in Shas the law of the land applies to everybody and is applicable in halacha as well. That is to say that if the local king or ruler issues laws uh, for the benefit of the population, then these laws apply to the Jewish population as well and the halacha rules that you must follow the law of the land. Dinah de Malchusa Dinah. It's a big subject unto itself when it applies and when it doesn't apply. Now, Koponim, there is a run in the Dorim, the fourth paragraph of the Dorim, which says as follows. If uh, a king issues a request for the population to pay taxes, then the way it normally worked in those days was the king himself wouldn't actually go around collecting the taxes. What he would do was he would issue a tender. Anyone could come along and pay the king a large amount of money and he would have the right to go and collect the taxes. So he'd pay the king something like 90-95% of the value of all the taxes to be claimed. And then he would have the right to claim the tax and he would go and claim the tax and all the tax money would go into his pocket because he'd already paid the king in advance for the right to collect the taxes. 
Says the run, if a Jewish person is the one who's appointed as a taxpayer, a ta tax collector, he's paid the king to collect the taxes, then you would have to pay him the taxes when he comes round. However, if it's not a Jewish person who asked to collect the taxes, but it's an akum, then you don't have to, because dinner to Marcos and dinner only applies if the Jewish person is the one who's collecting the taxes. But if it's the king himself, or one of his agents who's collecting on behalf of the king, since the king is an akum, is the so there's a halacha of hafkos also, which means that any money which you owe to an akum, you don't actually have to pay up the halacha, as long as you didn't actually steal the money or take it away from the akum. But rather, you owe the akum money, hafkos also means you don't have to pay it back to him, and therefore, even though there's dinner to Marcos and dinner, it wouldn't apply. So says the run, if the king himself collects the is collecting the taxes, then Allah of Hafkosov also means that as long as there's no Khalashim involved, you don't have to pay it. Whereas if the taxes have been purchased by a Jewish person and he's the one who's collecting the taxes, then you have to pay. Fek the Maharshach, the Maharshach was one of the uh, early Akhrainim, in Khalif Basim and Rachel Tess. He says, I don't understand. If when the king collects the tax, there's Allah of Hafkosov also that you don't owe you don't have to pay the debt which you owe to the king then when the Jewish tax collector pays the king for the rights to collect the taxes, he's actually not buying anything, because there is no debt there at all. And therefore, there's no reason why you should have to pay the Jewish taxpayer either. If there's no choiv to the king, because of Avkosov also, then there cannot be any choiv to anyone who bought this debt off the king. If the choiv doesn't exist, who didn't have to pay the king, you wouldn't have to pay an agent of the king, or anyone who bought it off him, even if that person is a yid. Maharik says the same thing. Marik says, if the halacha is this hafkos avosay, buy the debt of the tax to the king, then anyone who buys the right to collect the taxes of the king is also, you don't have to pay him, because he can't be any better than the person he came from. The person he came from, the debt didn't exist, so too, you wouldn't have to pay him either. And therefore, the Maharashach says, it's very fair this run, how he says that if the king collects the taxes, then there's halacha hafkos avosay, you don't have to pay. But if a Jew buys it off, and then all of a sudden, you have to pay. The Mishnah Melech quotes his Mashach, and the Mishnah Melech says, I don't understand what's the problem. The run is absolutely right. When the debt is by the king, so there's Allah, of course, you don't have to pay. However, when the debt has already been taken over by a Jew, then it's Allah of Gezel, also the Ligzol is Khaveri, you're not allowed to steal from him. So what exactly is in the Kudus HaMochroikas here between the Marashach on the one hand, who says that he can't understand how, if there's no Chayv in the first place, there can be a Chayv afterwards to the Yid, and the Mishnah Melech, who says not like that, who says that if there is, by the Goy, there is no Chayv, whereas by the Yid, there, there is a Halacha of Gesel. So, we could perhaps answer this by explaining that there is a Halacha of Ma'amid Shloshtan. If someone owes a Chayv, a Milva Balpeh, without a star, he can transfer the debt to somebody else, and somebody else can go and claim the choiv in his place. And the way this is done is by a mechanism instituted by Chazal called Maimed Shloshton. The Shulchan Ochazim Kuvkavov discusses a case of a debt which is owed to a goy. And the Yid wants to transfer this debt to somebody else, and somebody else should take over the debt. And he can do it with a Maimed Shloshton. Fake the Urim Vatumim of Rebellion and Ibshitz, consuming Kuvkavov, Sivkot and Kafzayim, how can it be that you can transfer the debt which a, a yid owes a, a goy to somebody else. Surely, if a yid owes a goy, there's halacha of Afkosov also, you don't have to pay back the choiv. If you don't have to pay back the choiv, then there's nothing to transfer to somebody else. So, how can you transfer even with a kidney to Maimon Shloshton? 
Says the Tumim, it would appear to be that when we say this halacha of course I've also, it doesn't mean there's no debt owed to the goy. It means that really there is a debt owed to the goy, but you can be mafkia the halva. So until you actually mafkia the halva, you owe the money to the goy, and therefore that debt can be transferred to somebody else. How are you mafkia the halva? The Urim Tumim doesn't say clearly, but the Chorah he means some sort of mechanism where you say Hareini mafkia is halva, something along those lines. But our component in the Torah says, until you mafkir the halvor, there's definitely a debt. You owe money to the goy. If you mafkir the halvor, then you won't owe money to the goy. So the case we're talking about when you transfer the chayv, the mamet shlosh, then it's talking about where you are mafkir the chayv, where you weren't yet mafkir the chayv, and therefore it was transferred to somebody else. So this is the Torah. So according to this, we could explain, and this is the difference between the machlokas between the Maharashach and the Mishnah Melech. The Maharashach holds that, the, that uh, if there's no chayv in the first place, to the goy, then says the Marashach, there cannot be a, a chayv which the yid has taken over. According to the, so he understands that hafkos also means that there's no chayv whatsoever. There's no obligation to pay the goy whatsoever. If there's no chayv whatsoever, like the, the Urim Tumim understood in his Havamina, then there's no way that the yid, the Jewish taxpayer who bought the right to collect the chayv, can take over that chayv because it doesn't exist. However, the Mishnah Melech explains that the run holds not like that. The run holds there really is a chayv. You owe money to the goy. If you're mafkir the halvor, then there'll be no chayv. Because money weren't, there is a debt which exists to the goy. And therefore, if, as long as it belongs still, the, 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 debt is, the money is still owed to the goy, you can be mafkir the halvor. But if you were mafkir and the Jewish taxpayer bought the chayv, then you now owe money to the Jewish taxpayer and there will be a din of gezel. The we can prove from the Gemara, not like the Havamin of the Tumim, that there is no halacha. Of course, also doesn't mean to say there's no chov whatsoever. Avada, there is a chov. Now, Beleza Gordon, according to the Rosh tells in Shuvah Sim Kaf Aleph, Sukkot Nud Gimel, proves from the Gemara that, there, that someone who borrowed money from a goy does owe it to him. The Gemara there says that a goy borrowed money from a, a Jew who borrowed money from an Akum, and he, he agrees to pay him ribis, to pay him interest, which is permitted as long as he's paying to an Akum. What happens if the goy then is Nisgaya and becomes a Jew? So now you're not allowed to pay him ribis. So the Gemara discusses that if you, could, if you took the whole chayv with the ribis and made it into one big chayv, along as the goy, while he was still a goy, then afterwards when he's Nisgaya, you can now pay him the whole amount and you don't have to worry about ribis. However, if you didn't make it into one big chayv, you separate it and say, $100, you owe me al salvor, plus give me $20 interest, and then he was this guy, so now, since he's a Jew, you now can't pay him interest because he's a Yid, and you're not allowed to pay interest to a guy. So you can only pay him the $100 of the original Chayv, but you can't pay him the interest. Says Rabbi Lezer Gordon, it's clear from here that the Chayv exists. Because if it was true that when he was a goy there was no Chayv and no obligation to pay it back, then when he's this guy, you can't suddenly create a Chayv out of nothing. So it's clear that there is a Chayv to a goy as long as he's a, a, a goy. The Shaila there is once he converts, if, if you have to pay the ribbons or not. But the Chayv Avad exists. Once he's a Yid, Avad the Chayv still exists and there's no Elocha anymore, of course, I've also. Uh, the Nesiv Samishpot, in Simon I involved Sivkot Nalef, also is Mashma, like the Moscon of the Tumim, that the way to, that of course, I've also doesn't mean there's no Chayv. There is a Chayv, but if you're Mafkia the Chayv, then there is no Chayv. However, I want to suggest a third, a third possibility of an explanation of how Havgos also works. Not like the Havamin of the Tumim, that if you borrow money for Goy, there's no Chayv whatsoever. And not even like the Maskon of the Tumim says that somehow you can be Mafkia the Chayv at some stage if you want to. But a new approach. The idea being that when 
a person borrows money from a goy or owes money to a goy. Avada, there is a chayv. You owe the money and you're obliged to pay it. And Avada, you can't be mafkia the chayv by saying some sort of declaration, harini mafkia chavosa, no such thing as that. If there's a chayv and you owe money, then you're obliged to pay it. But avgosavosa means that calls man, the goy doesn't come and ask for it, you don't have to pay it. The chayv exists. And if the goy asks for it, apart from the possibility of chilel Hashem, there's also a chayv to pay it, because you owe money to him. If he comes to peasant and demands it, then you have to pay it. But apart from the possibility of Hashem. But if he doesn't ask for the money, of course, that also means you don't have to go and pay it. And the right to this is a modcha. The modcha in Baba Kama says, Kosov Mark Rav Tzedek, one of the goinim, the Yidu owes money to a goy. And the goy dies, so the Goy's inheritors, his descendants, his Yerushim, they don't know about the Chayv, because they weren't there at the time. So if you don't give back the money to the Goy's Yerushim, then you're even Avera. Says the Molchah B'Shem, the Rav Yor, that is Dafke if the Yerushim know about it. Then you're Mukhoyev. Kivin Shetoyvimoyz have a Gezel. Since they come and they say, you owe our father money, now you owe us the money. If you don't pay him, it's Gezel, says the Molchah. B'Shem, the Rav Yor. However, if they don't know about it, so there's not, no possibility of Hashem, and they don't come to ask for the money either, then it's not even Gezel, and you don't have to give it back. Nukhari means because of the Halach of Avgos, Av also. There's no need to give it back. So we see from the Modcha, the Modcha understands that if, along, along as long as the Goy doesn't come and ask for it, there is no obligation to go and pay it back. If he asks for it, you have to give it back, and if you don't, you're over Gezel. But as long as he doesn't ask for it, you don't have to give it back. Nukhari, that's the Pshat Avgos, Av also. Not like the Tumim's Hadam in there, that there's no Chayv whatsoever. And not like his Maskona, that there is a Chayv, but you can be Mafkia. The third possibility is there is a Chayv. And you owe the money. But as long as he doesn't ask for it, of course, also means you don't have to pay it. The minute he asks for it, you must have to give it within the Chayv Shemishpah, because the Chayv exists. And if we are right in this, we can answer, and Kasha, the basis of us on the Rambam. There is an Issa Daraisa of Gezel, an Issa of Geneva. There's another Issa called Loisashik. It's also to be Oishik. The Rambam says, Eizehu Oishik, Kukoyin Shehoya Lo, Biyad Chaveru Halva, Oishirus, someone who owes money to somebody else. Either because he borrowed money, or because he rented something, or someone else did work for him, and he doesn't pay it back, then he's over the Issa of Loisashik. Someone who steals money for somebody else, he's over the Issa of Gezel or Geneva. Someone who didn't steal money. He got it, but he didn't give it back, because he didn't return the Halva. Or he owes money because someone did work for him, or because he rented something, rented a property, or he rented a, a, a car, or something like that. If he doesn't pay up, he's over the Issa of Losashik. Says the Rambam, As the Issa of Losashik applies to a yid against a goy. You're not allowed to be Oishik a goy either. In fact, the, the Beis Yosef, in some Shindun test, in the how can the Rambam say it's also Lashuk, it's a goy? Surely the halacha is that if you owe money to a goy, half course half also means you don't have to pay it back. So someone who withholds a choiv to a goy surely can't be over this of loisashik. Maximum, if the goy knows about it, it'll be over this of chidl Hashem. But surely he can't be over this of loisashik because it's halacha half course half also. So how can it be that the Rambam says that the is of loisashik applies to a yid who hold, withholds payment of a loan or a debt to a goy? And the base says it doesn't have an answer implied by tzorchim. According to what we're saying, it could be that the Rambam is fanfood. I've had a halacha of half course of 
Someone who owes money to a goy, there is halacha of course. Of course, it doesn't mean there's no chayv whatsoever. Avada, there is a chayv. The debt exists, and you have to pay it back if the goy comes and asks for it. And if the goy doesn't come and ask for it, then there's halacha. You don't have to go and pay him. And as long as he doesn't know about it, he doesn't ask it, he's forgotten about it, or he died in his yosha and don't know about it, you're not mechayv to give it back to him. If he asks for it, then avada you're mechayv. And what the Molcha calls Gezel, the Rambam calls Leishashik. If you owe money to an Akum, either because you borrowed money, or because he did work for you, or because you rented something for him, or any of these possibilities, and the money came to you as just Beheta, you didn't steal it, but it came Beheta, but you have an obligation to pay it back, then if he asked you for it, then Avadiyah Mokhoyah to give it back, because the Chayv exists. And saying Harini Mafkiyah Halv also won't help either. You owe the money. And therefore, if it's a debt, or a Schirus, or something like that, says the Rambam, you'll be over this of Leishashik. However, if the Koi doesn't ask for it, then Allah of Havkosah also applies. Which means to say that as long as he doesn't ask for it and he doesn't know about it, even though there is a debt, you're not Mukhoyev to pay your debts. To a Yidu Mukhoyev to pay a Khoyev, even if he doesn't know about it or he's forgotten about it. Whereas to uh, Akum, although the Khoyev exists, Havkosah also says you don't have to actually go and give back the money. There's a Toysfus at the beginning of Tafkuf Yudalad Amud Aleph. If one looks at it carefully, there's Medaic from there, it's also Mashma, that's certainly not like the third side of the Tumim, that Havgoth Havoth means there's no Chayv whatsoever. Avada, there is a Chayv. It's clear from the Tosus. But if you look carefully, it's, one can Medaic from Tosus, like we're saying as well. Not only is it not like the Tumim, that there's no Havgoth Havoth Havoth there's no Chayv at all. Avada, there is a Chayv to a Goy. But it's Mashma from Tosus, even not like the second side of the Tumim, but rather like what we're saying. That you can't even be mafkir the halvah either. But as long as the goy doesn't ask for it, or doesn't know about it, then there is no halacha that you mukhuyev to pay it back. That's halacha of course halvosu. The Daf Yomi Halacha series has been brought to you by the Base Havad Halacha Center. To reach the center for halacha consultation, service, educational seminars, or media, please call one eight 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 four eight five. Vaad. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Beis Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at the